Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And today we're going to do kind of a lighthearted show, something that we were thinking about, something that, of course, Dr. Stewart always researches. And it's going to be thinking about those things we think about that we say all the time. That's right, our little motto. That's our motto. And we're going to talk about how the mind really works, right? I kind of got this topic when we did our misinformation or disinformation show mm-hmm. and how the mind actually processes information and kind of, again, on the blue-eyed lie of how we convince ourselves of stuff that is not true. Uh-huh. Even though we know it's not true, we tell ourselves enough until we believe that it's true. Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, you know, in your request for the misinformation show and... How do people believe some of this stuff, right? <laughs> so it kind of flowed out of that one. And I thought, well, if you know, if you haven't listened to that show, go back and listen to that one because right. this one kind of flows into it about how this is more of a literal how the mind actually fools itself into believing things that are true, aren't true, or why we are sad and why we miss people. We're going to talk about all that stuff about how the mind actually works. So you, this is a lighthearted show, like we said earlier. We're just, just fun kinda, facts. Yeah, just fun facts, and we're going to kind of bounce things back and forth, and maybe you'll get something out of this that maybe you think about those things you think about, right? That's right, and thinking about that you need to think about what you think about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little redundant, but I think you'll figure that out quickly as we start going through this list of facts about the mind. Okay, well, let's jump right in there. So what are some of the facts about the mind that we just don't know about? Well, scientists believe that our conscious mind makes up less than 10% of the total mind's operational power. And so your, your conscious mind is responsible for gathering data from our thoughts, emotions, actions, and senses. It assesses and processes the data that we're collecting. It finds patterns key there we talk about habits and all the other things Mm -hmm. it finds patterns in the data and makes comparisons and finds similarities in the data that it's taking in so that's a good thing to to remember it enables us to respond thoughtfully to situations and it also controls our short-term memory okay only 10 percent. only 10 percent. the unconscious mind makes up 90 percent it's responsible for uh, a lot of those basic things like breathing, digestion, sleeping, your heart rate, your temperature control, those type of things that, you know, obviously you don't have a conscious, in, yeah. in, you know, unless you consciously try to control your breathing, you just breathe. Right. You move your arm, you just move your arm. Right. Exactly. It protects us and tries to keep us safe. It steers us back to the familiar that would okay, make sense. so that I think that's a key one too. We talk about all the time that the brain is designed to keep us safe. It's not necessarily designed to decipher data, uh, and, yes, and it's not necessarily designed to quantify what is safe. So it could be a perceived unsafe event, absolutely triggered by other things that isn't really real. Yes, absolutely. Thought, yeah. We we did shows on that. Exactly. Yeah. And it steers us back to the familiar. Again, your patterns, your habits, those type of things come from the unconscious. Uh, it's the seat of our emotions. It flows our creativity and our imagination. Again, it's where the habits are created and maintained by repetition, right? It obeys the instructions from the conscious mind. It is where we do the fight or flight, run or freeze, and it stores and retrieves those long-term memories. Those are the things I can't recover anymore. I mean, I think my data is corrupt sometimes when I'm sitting here trying to think of my long-term memory stuff that's happened so long ago, and it's like, 
Huh, that didn't happen the way I think it Well, you're getting older. There's a lot more in there. (laughs) That's true. Something had to go. There you go. But according to Caroline Ferguson, understanding how the mind works can help us to have more control over how we use the combined power of the conscious and the unconscious or subconscious mind, which can increase, uh, again, our self-worth, help control our emotions, form and break and relearn all those habits that we talk about. It takes Mm -hmm. 66 days to relearn a habit. Overall, help us to create the life that we want for ourselves by having far less emotional upheavals in our life. Because that's where you're controlling your subconscious is going to control those emotional outbreaks. So your 10% of your mind has to start controlling the 90% of your mind. That's right. Okay, well, there you go. So I I didn't actually realize that. I think we hear that we only use 10% of our brain or something like that. And so this is kind of put it in a frame of reference because it's not that we're actually using only 10 percent of our brain we're using a hundred percent of our brain it's just unconscious and conscious exactly one of the interesting facts about the brain is that it is a hundred thousand miles of blood vessels if you took it out really? and stretched it out, 100,000 miles of blood vessels. Can you imagine that? Okay, who's the doctor that actually yeah. started? <laughs> yeah. A quarter of an inch at a time, you know, a fraction <laughs> of an inch. Um, the subconscious mind cannot differentiate between reality and imagination. I think yeah. we know that in our conscious mind, and I think we know that in times of just normal everyday conversation like right now. But boy, you start feeding that with high emotion. Mm-hmm. And that distorted reality and the subconscious mind kicking in that, you know, fight or flight type thing um, and our imagination getting out of control. I mean, how many people make up stories? Oh, yeah. To Well, we all do that, I guess, at some level. But then that's where this unconscious mind can't really deviate between what is reality and what is imagination, especially when you add the emotional component to it. Well, I mean, look at the virtual video games that we have now. It's really hard to distinguish that. And that's what they were talking about, like PTSD and stuff like that. They put uh, the soldiers in those situations with virtual reality to help them cope through that kind of stuff. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had not heard that, but that's that's a great idea. Kind of reprogramming it. Right. Taking from the bad experience and putting in a similar experience and turning it into a good experience or a controlled experience. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, so there you go. Um, According to Dr. Bruce Lipton, the subconscious mind is one million times more powerful than the conscious mind. Okay, what is the scale on that? I mean... (laughs) Maybe a million, I don't know. I didn't read that, but I found that that was really interesting because, again, the conscious mind is going to control the subconscious mind when you, you know, you you have with intention, mm-hmm. but if it's 90% is subconscious, 90% is just reactionary, yeah, it's no wonder why we're kind of out of control sometimes. So, oh, certainly, because if you're just working off pure emotions, which I guess... And reaction. You, and yeah. reaction, yeah. But I mean, that makes sense if you get a million times more powerful, because it has to be, right? That's where everything is held. That's where you dream, imagine, you know, all those long-term memories are... Held. So it would make sure. sense to me that it would be a million times more powerful. Now, controlling that got to be hard sometimes, well, like we just we said. talk about meditation and different things that we don't particularly <laughs> care for. But And one of the ways is that he also talked about that the longer we tell ourselves the same story, the more hardwired it gets in our memory, mm-hmm. regardless of the facts of the story. So if you continue to tell yourself, like the blue-eyed lie, you continue to tell yourself a story that is not true... 
it will eventually be stored in your short-term and your long-term memory as the truth because you have repeated it enough times. Because again, the, the mind doesn't really know the difference. So you're reprogramming it into from the false into the truth and storing it. And what kills me is, is we've all been in those situations where somebody tells that story and we were there and I'm like, that is not how that happened. And right. then you correct them and literally they are like arguing with you. It's like, no, no. And then they have that like question, no, you know, like, right. uh, no. And because they have told themselves this over and over again, that it's just become the truth. Right. That's the whole blue eyed lie. Yeah. You, you tell yourself a story so much until you actually believe it to be true. Wow. And when you add in the next component, which is stress, again, we talked about emotions, but when you add in stress, that it causes us to live in that survival state, mm-hmm. which negatively changes our internal state and exhausts the body, hmm. which that is so true. It was interesting. Anybody who watches Grey's Anatomy, this season has been all about COVID. And one of the main characters was an, an, an induced coma on, a, on and off of a respirator and different things. So the whole the whole season, she's been at the beach talking with people who have passed. Okay. And it was interesting. She, Derek, if anybody's watching her husband that died a few seasons ago, he, it was, a I thought, a really fascinating conversation that he said, dying is exhausting. Mm. And I never thought of it like that, of that perspective of that dying is exhausting. He said, you know, that it, it you, you just put so much energy into living that at some point you just can't do it anymore. And so that when I was reading this about the stress, I thought about that, that it kind of correlates to that, that stress can get you to a point that you're only simply surviving in that state. And it's the same kind of state that it truly exhausts the body. Well, I mean, you think about it. When we're talking about stress, and I, I will say I think it's really cool that you put it in that survival state, quote-unquote, because when people are in an argument or they're going at each other or whatever the case may be, that stress level is so high, and then that's where you can't hear one another, right? Because you're in that survival right. mode. Right. You know, is yeah. I'm getting, no, 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 and, you know, so, And you're yeah. both high emotion. And, again, in high emotion, yep. you're going to be really dictated from your subconscious mind that revolves around patterns of the past not necessarily controlled by the conscious mind in the point. present. Yeah, very good point. Because I, I will say, I mean, even if you're at a job and you think they're getting ready to fire you and that's high stress, you're going to definitely go back to those patterns that yeah. you thought worked. Yep, exactly. That probably have never worked. <laughs> exactly. But at some point. And it said that living in a state of anger, depression, misery, or confusion produces an internal view that we fail to see the possibilities of our life. I will say that, yes, that depression just really zaps it out of people when it comes to being positive. Because yeah. it just, I know that goes without saying, because, well, yeah, you're depressed, so you're not positive. But it does. I mean, when you're sitting over there in that, that misery and that there's nothing good, there's no hope right. that can come Even out though- of that. We look at uh, TV star, movie stars, or you know, your Robin Williams, or all mm-hmm. these people, and you think, my gosh, they have everything. everything. And but they're this would definitely explain that that they're stuck in this depression or this confusion mm-hmm. because of whatever reason that you really fail to see that there are possibilities. Well, and you I've said, been in that state, right? Mm-hmm. That I've been so depressed that I, I failed to see that there are. The good things. Right. You just You just fail to see it. Well, and I think, like you said, there's moments in time that we feel that way. But like you stated, living yeah. in that state 
but you know, buying a house, you know, raising children there. You know, it's it, it, when we're talking about living in that state, you can't see hope. You can't see that. And you know, I'd like to point out that Dr. Frisky said this is going to be a lighthearted show. And <laughs> there you go. Well, we talked about in our show on envy that people that are really envious live in this state. That is one demographic yeah. that does that. That they're angry. They're miserable. They're just not happy people. Mm-hmm. And that they don't see that they are that way. And that's one oh, of gosh, the reasons no. because they don't see the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, angry people never think... They think everybody else around them is making them angry. Depressed people think that... It, well, I don't know about depressed, but, you know, oftentimes people that are miserable or angry, they feel like the other people are making them that away. Right. This well, has it's nothing a big to do with them. state, for yeah, sure. Exactly, yeah. But living in that state, whoo, you know... Definitely not a good thing. And this is this is another not so good thing. It is said <laughs> addictions of all types actually rewire the brain to use the addictive behaviors despite the consequences. Yeah, and, and I, I, I don't understand that because you know, I, and I'm grateful for that. I don't want to understand that, but I've certainly seen it. It actually rewires the brain in a way that you don't actually see the consequences. You think. How can people go out and get drunk and then drive? Right. And then kill somebody? Well, because this explains it. Because they it really is rewired that they don't actually see that that's a possible consequence. Well, right. How would they? And I got to tell you, I, I think uh, a lot of studies point out that it starts out with dopamine, right? That it releases those endorphins or whatever they are to make you feel good. And mm-hmm. then you start to form that habit and you start to rewire your brain yep yeah so so it actually is a rewiring similar to a habit i guess that you know mm-hmm. takes 66 days to uh, break or get a new one addictions really rewire the brain well think about it i mean it makes total sense our brains are all about the patterns we right, we look exactly. for patterns and everything well why would we not form habits in the same manner that's exactly right um, our brain is comprised of 2% of our body weight, but uses 20% of its total energy and oxygen intake. Really? It actually seemed low, I thought. I know I, I know when I'm stressed and I'm getting exhausted, I'm in the things that we've talked about so far that, boy, it uses more than 20% of my total energy. I know that. <laughs> I will say, yes, I have had days it's like, oh, I don't want to think, not one more thing. Exactly. <laughs> our brain is comprised of 73% water. But it only takes 2% dehydration to affect our attention, memory, and cognitive skills. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that I'm dealing with now with my medical condition of being forced to drink more water. Uh-huh. And uh, that was one of the things that is uh, dehydration can affect your attention, memory, and your cognitive skills. Well, and I will say, I think it was last year when we were doing the, um, the, the kayaking I had gotten dehydrated somehow or something to that effect when I went to the doctor and he's like, well, just uh, drink water. Every time you drink tea, everybody knows I love the tea. So drink a glass of tea, drink a glass of water. Now, I was like, this is not going to work. But sure enough, it did. He said it it was to that point that you're just losing that dehydration is just making you feel fuzzy. Yeah, well, the last few months I have felt physically felt bad and this is one contributing factor that they've deciphered is because one of my numbers is low and it was because i'm not 
consuming enough water. There you go, folks. I mean, obviously it works, but 73% of our brain is water. Wow. People establish greater empathy with people who touch their forearm and or speak to them through their right ear during a conversation. If someone is making something up, they tend to look up to the right. And if they're trying to remember something, they look down and to the left. That is true, yes. It's just a natural thing that uh, this is one of those common things that people do. But I found that interesting that people get greater empathy when you actually touch their forearm or speak to them through their right ear. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I, mean, I, mean, I don't, is that because most of the population is right-handed? Is I it? Know. I mean, it could be the way your brain is positioned. I know that that's what they say when you're looking up and to the right is because mm-hmm. you're accessing the creative parts of your brain oh, and uh, to the left you're that's the analytical part of your brain or something to that effect huh, I, mean, I don't know i'm not a neuroscientist so i i'm just speaking total <laughs> layman terms here i don't <laughs> well the good thing to know is when you're dealing with somebody who is upset and again in this emotional state that we talk about if you're trying to calm somebody down um that's the reason i put this in here it is good to sit on their right side when you're talking to them Oh, and to point. actually touch their forearm while you're communicating with them because they are going to feel that empathy and feel more of a connection to you, apparently, according to the statistic, than if you sit on the left side of them. Interesting. So, I, so I if mean, you're dealing just, with your spouse, if you're dealing with your kids or whatever, it's better to sit on the right side. You know what? Get, if anybody knows why that is, why that is, I mean, I... I, I think you had a good explanation. Not on, even though I know you're not a neurosurgeon. Yeah, right. But that I mean, was a, probably a really good explanation, but I don't know why. It didn't say why. Well, get, it, go, go on Facebook onto our page and let us know. I, I, I would know. I would be really interested in finding out. I mean, is it is it just comforting because it's on the right side? Is it because that you're accessing creative or emotions are more clear on your right side? I don't know, but it'd be interesting to actually figure out why that is. Huh. Uh, the next one, which is something that I know I've never had a severe burn before. Um, you know, they can be just really, oh. really terrible. So I understand when you suffer a burn, certain brain networks are activated, which are the same networks that are activated when you suffer a romantic rejection. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess when we say you're being burned when somebody leaves you, I guess now we know why they use that terminology. Oh, that's <laughs> so true. I bet that is where it came from. Yeah. That's Wow. Oh, there we go. That's probably where they got the I'm coining that if everybody wants. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and when we're talking about physical pain, if you want to reduce your pain by 44%, uh, look at a photo of a loved one. Oh, it so says, okay. looking really at a photo simple. of a loved one can reduce your physical pain up to 44%. I, I can see I believe that. that's true. It gives you comfort. It calms you down. Yeah. It makes you feel a connection. Uh, it triggers memories. I can see that. Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so and you remember the good old times. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a great way to calm yourself down and reduce the pain. Huh. There you go. So instead of them going, go to your happy place, take a picture with you. Right. Of take loved a, ones. Exactly. The brains of children that were exposed to violence within their family have the same patterns as soldiers who have fought in a war. Can 100% I, I think, think it's that's the same true. thing. Yeah. I think it's the same it's thing. PTSD. It's PTSD. Yep. Exactly. And I think it might even be a little bit worse because these are the people that you rely on. And it, especially I mean, if you're what, a child. Yeah, I mean, your first god is your mother, you know. So, I mean, it, it, I could see where it might even be worse. 
And we talked a little bit about this a second ago. That, but the human brain does not have a good ability to distinguish between fantasy and real experiences. Right. So. Yeah, they've said that lots of times. I mean, i got to tell you, that it is very hard. Like, we go back to the virtual reality games and how hard it is to distinguish the two. Um, again, similar to the other one, the brain actually feels rejection as physical pain. If you are oh, yeah. feeling rejected in any context, um, it comes out in something happening to your body. Well, that high blood pressure, you know, you're feeling nause- nauseated, you get sick, you know, you get Heart weak-legged. Disease, right, yes, yeah, all of those things. Faint. I mean, those things are real manifestations of what you're feeling. Yep, so just know that uh, feeling a rejection equals physical pain in your body. Your mind can sense someone staring at you even when you're asleep. Oh, that's so true, yes. yeah. Yes, I, 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 we, neither one of us have children, but... I, I know that anytime anybody's just staring at me, it, it wakes me up. Even if my dog is just standing there looking at me, mm-hmm. it wakes me up. It, and it's real unnerving, right? I mean, yeah. have you even with your dog, and they you look up and you wake up and they're just staring at you for just a split second. It's very unnerving, <laughs> and I don't know why, but it just is. And especially if it's a spouse, it, it, it's one thing. Then you kind of get. That slight bit of anger is like, <laughs> why are you staring at me? That's right. What are you looking at? You go, not like, oh, how sweet is that? They yeah, it's like, oh, you woke sleep. up. Isn't Did I wake very, you? Isn't that very romantic? You know, isn't, isn't he just very pretty sleeping? Yeah, it's like, I just love to watch you sleep. Stop, okay? I need you to stop. That's funny. <laughs> uh, the brain has an average of 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. That is 48.6 per minute, and an estimated 60 to 70% of those thoughts are negative. We talk yes, about, we that, talk all the about time. that all the time. So, yeah. if you can think about that 48.6 <laughs> thoughts per minute, and, and we have the number of 76% of those are negative. No wonder why we're struggling. And oh, that's yeah. on average. And stressed and all right. that. All of the things that we've talked about, this is the input that we're putting into our brain, and our brain then is storing it. And is looking for patterns, and the pattern is negative. Of course, we're going to feel bad about ourselves. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. And I mean, fifty to seventy thousand thoughts per day. I bet you, and we—I know we've talked about this in other shows—that nobody thinks they think that much. Yeah. And and you just, just do. Yep. Yeah. The next one's going to be a little bit of controversy. Mm. Uh, I found this in two different sources. That when intoxicated, the brain cannot form memories. So that I don't rem- I don't remember what happened. Yeah. Uh, according to this source, they say that's true. But this kind of went back to the misinformation show that we talked about that talking to other people implant memories that aren't necessarily true. Okay. Or the patterns of the past that we retrieve that are not necessarily this what happened mm-hmm. um, can then fill in those gaps. Uh, so th- I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know that I necessarily believe that, but I found it two different places. So, well, I mean, I, I guess you could. I mean, we've we've heard stories of people being so blackout kind of drunk mm-hmm. that they don't remember anything. So I, I mean, it definitely impairs your ability to do anything. So I guess it could also impair your ability to. M- Remember the story, too. Yeah. yeah, or the and, whole story at least, <laughs> right? Because again, then you're going to fill it in with things that have potentially happened other times from your yeah. patterns. I mean, you think about how many people go, you know, Vegas is just a blur, you know. So, I, I don't know, maybe it is. 
Uh, 95% of all of our decisions, of which we've talked several times, that I think as Columbia University said that we do 35,000 decisions a day, they take place in the subconscious. Again, that's mm-hmm. our emotional place. Right. That is our long-term memory of place, not necessarily our short-term and our cognitive thinking. So mm-hmm. 95% of our decisions come from patterns and habits, not from cognitive thinking. That would totally make sense because, it's, yeah, you're just going to do a quick access. You need to know how to handle this situation, and you're just going to access your brain quickly, your subconscious, to give you an answer. Right, exactly. Um, if you want to make somebody's day, data says that unexpected phone calls and texts can instantly improve a person's mood and state of mind. Yeah, but don't depends do it while you're, you're driving the car. Well, there okay, you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Again, it all depends, I think, of who... Uh, who is texting you? I guess that would uh, be true, yeah. You don't want the IRS to say, hey, Mark, how <laughs> you doing? <laughs> but I think uh, I think this is referring, obviously, to people that you really care about and uh, you're 44% sure. bringing to your happy place. Yeah. That you can really, uh, by some just unexpected text or phone call, you can really improve a person's mood or state of mind. Yeah, you think about it. You get that, that text from your mom or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or husband. or And they just, hey, thinking about you today. And and they just leave it like that. That it does. It gives you a little bit of a special feeling. Yep. And if you're grateful for anybody in your life, you need to tell them. There you go. That's right. And hey, you know, just randomly just send a text. I'm just FYI, I'm grateful for you. <laughs> so there you go. Then they reply back, "How much money do you need?" <laughs> who, is, or, who is this? Yeah, right. <laughs> who is this? That's funny. Um, we can only sustain a high level of concentration for 45 minutes. I thought that was really long. I, that's what I, I, I was I don't know many people who can sustain a high level of concentration for that long. But I will say, go. because when I'm into something, mm-hmm. I, I, about 20 minutes is my max. Mm-hmm. And then I get, you know what, I'm going to go get a glass of tea or something. Uh, this didn't surprise me either, because we've talked a lot in other shows about these hikes that I do. And when I get out for four or five days, that my body just really kind of decompresses and I start seeing things more clearly and smelling things more clearly and Everything just becomes brighter and nicer. Um, it says that your sense of smell is the sense which is best attached to your memory. I, I can that see that, yeah. Perfume, um, you know, I, I can tell you, you know, certain people, when I get on an elevator and somebody has the same perfume, it instantly brings back, sparks back a memory of that particular person. Well, it's got to be back from, uh, like, the caveman times, because then, you know, I imagine you could smell predators or you know, things I, of that nature. That's probably true. You know? I can smell pizza. I know Donna Richardson's <laughs> listening. I can smell pizza for a mile away. Right. <laughs> We've been hiking and I'm hungry. I can. One of, I guess it would be one of the truest kind of senses, right? Because your mind plays tricks on you, your eyes plays tricks on you. Yeah. But the sense of smell is pretty sustained. You know, I mean, it, it, you will smell what you smell. Yeah. Well, this is a good one, which is a sign of a healthy mind. It's hearing your name being called when no one has actually called your name is likely a sign of a healthy mind. Really? That's what it said. So you hearing things is an okay (laughs) thing. Hearing things in the middle of the night, that's actually a healthy thing, I guess. (laughs) Writing negative thoughts and tossing them in the trash improves your mood. I think that's true sometimes, maybe. (laughs) It depends what those negative thoughts are. I think what you focus on increases. So if you're focusing on the negative thoughts, whether you're throwing in the trash or not, is... Still yeah, focusing I, on the negative. Yeah. So that's what it said. I, I'm, not, I'm not disproving that. I'm just saying that sometimes I think that we do tend to do this, and I'm not 
putting this down, but you know, like kind of like woo woo stuff, and then yeah. your problems are still your problems. I mean, put writing them down, throwing them in the trash, writing them down, and coming up with a solution on how to deal with it might be a better solution to me. But you know, again, not a therapist. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is yours. You've been married for well over twenty years. When you have a crush on someone, your brain overlooks and ignores the flaws of that person, causing them to appear perfect. Yeah, but that's when you're in the crush. When you've been <laughs> married for 20 years. It only lasts for a year, apparently. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't last 23 years. <laughs> um, talking to yourself can make your brain work more efficiently. I will 100% agree with that. I guess I it talk depends to what you're talking to yourself about. If, you're well, talk, if yeah. it's all negative... But see, but like, I guess it could be still be more efficient. It would be. Well, I guess you'd get there faster, wouldn't you? It's like, I'm really a loser. You'll just get there faster when you're talking to yourself about it. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, like at work, I'll talk yeah. to myself all the time. Well, really, I work from home, so who am I going to talk to? But the dog. Yeah, right. You know, but I do. I'll talk myself into solving the problem. That That's an awesome example. Yep. Um, people with creative minds tend to have a harder time falling asleep at night. 100% agree with that because I have a creative... No, I... I but I do. I think... I think that's probably you, true. Yeah, you get stuck on something, a problem, mm-hmm. a solu- and you're trying to figure out a solution. How often do you stay up at night? Now, yep. mine is sometimes YouTube, but, you know, <laughs> I, I will say I, I totally 100% agree with that. And YouTube flows right into the next one, that our minds wander for about 30% of our day. I, I thought that was that. low. I actually do think it's low because, and you know, the side story on that is that, you know, everybody knows I have a YouTube addiction. <laughs> and the other day, I think I reached rock bottom that I'm watching a video of somebody clean their house. Oh, my goodness. It, right. That's the first thing I thought. And it's like, I'm going to show you how I clean my house. I'm like, huh, that could be interesting. And it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I'm like, I, I think I'm at rock bottom here. I mean, I, I, really, am I that star for entertainment that I've got to watch somebody clean their house or ha- <laughs> put a screen in a window? I mean, <laughs> funny. well, you need to turn off the YouTube and apparently just start daydreaming because it is food for your brain. Really? That's what they said. <laughs> the human mind only maintains complete trust once on each person, and once it's broken, it's never the same. Uh, I can see that. I agree. It doesn't mean you can't, you know. But it never Still comes back forward, the same. It's never the same. Yeah. A person's memory is able to save 90% of what he does, 50% of what he sees, and 10% of what he hears. At least for me, anyway. I, I certainly restore it faster and can retrieve it quicker if I actually did it versus just seeing yeah. it. Yeah. And somebody telling me how to do it is uh, kind of pointless. So these, these are definitely... Good statistics for me. I will say that it, it is for me. I, I I don't mind seeing it. It gives you kind of a visual reference of it, but it's doing it yeah. that actually makes it happen. It's like that I don't know what the repetition, the repetition, your hands on it, yeah, kind of thing. I agree. Learning new things changes your brain and increases your intelligence, even if you're older. I yeah, one hundred percent. Get out there, learn something new, and learn something new that interests you. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I've been watching, again, YouTube, uh, things about leadership. And it's actually been fascinating to me because I've been interested in it. So, you there know, you definitely go. find things that you're interested in to increase your intelligence, if you were. Well, if you want to do better at ignoring distractions and being far more efficient in your brain, according to research, then you need to become bilingual. Because oh, really? those individuals have uh, better... 
uh, focus and they ignore distractions and are generally more efficient. I, I that would I don't know. I'm not bilingual, so I can't answer I don't that know. one. I mean, yeah, my <laughs> Spanish is. Um, Mediocre. Uh, It's better than mine. (laughs) Our brains are just as active during sleep as they are when we're awake. So the brain never sleeps. The brain does not. I thought that that was a time to kind of slow the brain down. Yeah, I thought so too. uh, I did not find that that was true in any of the things that I read. So the brain stays active all the time. So even the conscious part, or does the conscious part kind of shut down and the subconscious part just kind of... Percolates. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It knows when you're somebody staring at you. That's well, all I guess I got. that's true. So there you go. <laughs> Having positive thoughts increases your brain's ability to make better decisions. That, that yeah, makes perfect sense. It does. Uh, but again, we feed it full of 60 to 70% of negative thoughts. Why are we making such bad decisions? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. We spend 90% of our time in our subconscious that are our emotions, and then 60 to 70% that is in our negative. And we wonder why we're just have we're such a mess as people. I, I agree with you. 100%. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think we need to even say any more than that. We're we're just a mess because the, of those two facts alone. Mm-hmm. Your brain can process an image that your eyes have seen for as little as thirteen milliseconds, uh, I, less time than it takes you to blink. I was going to say, and I think you have to have a hypnosis, but it, when you do have that done, it is freaky how much detail you can come up with. That why they put people back under to yeah. a full story when they don't remember. Yeah. That your senses can't process it as fast as your brain is actually intaking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that, and I can't remember which show it was, but I thought a lot of your long-term memory or short-term memory, if you attach an emotion to it, it's easier to recall. But that I can't remember what show sense. we talked uh, yeah. talked about that. The brain can't do two things at once, so multitasking decreases your attention span, our ability to learn, and short-term memory and overall mental performance. It even temporarily decreases our IQ up to 15 points. I 100% agree with that. I agree with it, too. That whole multitasking thing is overrated. Again, there is no such thing as multitasking. There is Because not. you can only do one thing at one time. You just got all kinds of things, and it actually takes you longer to do anything when you, you know, bounce around to different topics. That's There's a show in there, I think, maybe. But. Oh, I know. When we were talking, I, I heard somebody speak about this, and they were talking about what, what millennials or whomever you want to put inside of this little bubble. But it's like if you're so good at multitasking and you can text while you're driving, why are you crashing into so many things? Right. You know? <laughs> right. There you go. Well, this was fun, and I think that the interesting thing is the whole point of this, because – this really came out of the misinformation, disinformation show that we did of how destructive we can be to ourselves personally by accepting and storing misinformation and the blue eyed lies that we know is actually false, but we just want it to be true or true information that we want to be false. However you want to do it, that we believe things that aren't. So we're really controlled and the human mind is controlled by the words that we use and how we store that information. So what we tell ourselves and what we allow ourselves to believe and, you know, other words that are saying can re- really reprogram everything to be positive or to be negative. That's what I got out of this. And that's really why I wanted, when I started really researching this, mm-hmm. that I wanted to get out of it was, you know, we say words matter and we say how you talk to yourself matters and all that stuff. But this was just more of an in-depth it's, it's more literal than that. We really are reprogramming our brain. 
every second of every day and with the patterns. So what patterns do you really want for your future is really what the decisions you got to choices you got to make today. I 100% agree with you. And I guess that we do have those release of dopamines and that's why we want to do kind of like the bad behavior if that's what it leads to. I mean, nobody talks about the guy that exercises too much, you know, so it, I, and I totally understand that. So it does matter the input that you put into your mind and your mind is a powerful tool. I mean, obviously 90% of it, we're not even aware of yet. And I think if you, if we get anything out of that show, the show today is that, that 90% of what we're doing is based on unconscious decisions Mm -hmm. based on patterns of behavior that may or may not have anything to do with what's going on at the moment. Right, yeah. And, I mean, think about how much history is going into your decision. Again, when we talked about in other shows, wisdom is based off people's experience. There is no guru that has had multiple life experiences. Some have a few, but to really give you some insight, it's all going to be based off their personal experience. Right, and their perception and their filters. And there's so many so many aspects of this. And just understanding that, I think, can help people to be in a better place and maybe have more compassion for your fellow man, if you will. Sure. By saying, okay, maybe maybe the in, you've inputted information that isn't correct or maybe I've inputted information that isn't correct based on all these tons of factors that make our stories different at the same event. Well, and again, I mean, every time you get upset that somebody cuts you off and you're using a pattern, it's like everybody's just out to get me. That's when you need to start thinking, what is the other side of that? You know, maybe this person's late for a job interview. You don't know, you know. So to get yourself all worked up and go back to those patterns is a time for you to just take a moment to reflect. And that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about the the things that the mind does, the shortcuts it takes, the information it gathers. These things are just processes that you as an individual could really understand better about your life if you take just a moment to, I don't know, study it. Well, and have a little bit more compassion for yourself, you know, and, and I know that nobody's harder on me than I am. So kind of taking a step back and say, okay, (laughs) you know, let's take a look at this. And am I consciously cognitively looking at it or am I just flipping out based on an emotion? And often we do. And I got to tell you, I think that if you lash out in anger, that's a really good starting point. Right. I mean, none of us are, you know, a robot, so we can't we can't always control that. We feel and we catch other people up in that. Oh, sure, we you do. Know, we hurt other every people time you argue with process. your spouse, right, exactly. <laughs> or your partner. You know, it, you, you're automatically saying you're treating me badly, and I want you to know about it. Right, I'm going to treat you badly to tell you how badly you're exactly. treating me. Exactly, we do it. Exactly, we do it. Yep. Well, there you go, folks. So, <laughs> the things that your mind does—facts about your mind—so then that way you can take away whatever you'd like to take away from it, or hey, listen to it again because I know I'm going to have to rethink <laughs> all these things that I've often thought about. Well, so. that phrase, "the mind plays tricks on you." Mm-hmm. We've talked about several things in that 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 is absolutely true. Yep. And then the smells that you smell are the most strongest. There you go. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platforms like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. 
Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.